for me, I'm a pastor and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Most of us know those words. That's yeah. Psalm 23. We're talking about it uh, on your next step today. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy, Pastor Doyle Jackson from the church next door. Yeah. Psalm 23, my cup overflows. Yeah, we don't want that. We get a little spill on the carpet yeah, we, <laughs> or on the floor or something, but God wants it to. Mm-hmm. And, and if we'll obey him, this is the biggest struggle that we have today as Christians. We really think that we can do it our own way and ignore God's commands Mm -hmm. and we think that we're going to get just as good a results and you won't. You'll destroy your life. And that's why we're inviting people towards the word of God and and towards his pathway. And and today we're going to look at how God invites us to rest, relax, and receive. And and I can I just tell you personally I had to learn this. I was so busy working for God, serving God Mm -hmm. that I wore myself down. Yeah. And I was harming my relationship with my wife and my children. And one day a, a friend said, Doyle, you just can't do that. And I received that as from the Holy Spirit. And I repented and I began down a process of spending more time uh, first with my wife and then with my boys because that's the priority setup. And it totally changed my life to this day. It's been years now. But but uh, I, I live under this banner of of rest, relax, and receive from God. And it's it does. It helps you overflow. You're calling that a, an extra margin life, a life with extra yeah. margins. That sounds good to me, having wider margins yeah. than normal. If that sounds good to you, you're going to want to stay with us here on your next step because we're going to get to that extra margin cup overflowing life here in Brave Love Overflow. We trust one another. And when we're talking, we were talking, I was sharing things from my heart. And he said to me, well, wait a minute, that's a wrong thinking. And he really helped me to see where I needed to change and where I was thinking wrong about something. But because I felt the love, we could have an open and honest conversation back and forth. And I could leave knowing I was loved and knowing where I needed to change. And so even with husband and wife or with your children, if you in love, you can, and it's safe, you can gently help them and nudge them to make the changes that need to be made. We've, we've spent years doing life together, okay? We've spent years working on this relationship, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's a bigger part of who we are. And, and we were always, you know, looking for these people in our life that we could share life with and do life with. Um, we've always, Jennifer and I, so we say avoid comparisons, okay? And yet at the same time, Jennifer and I looked around when we were a young couple and we looked for marriages like we wanted to have. People that and, were miles ahead of us, way, and, way ahead of us. And we said, okay, how can we get close to them to learn from them? 
And we found this amazing couple, Harvey and Tina Whitney, and they were super smart. They were the editors of the pharmaceutical journal. When you would go into Harvey's office, there would be a stack this tall of journals that he had to edit for the day. And the cool thing about Harvey was that in his high rise, very professional, very public office building, he had a prayer room. And everyone knew that Mr. Whitney prayed. He was so bold and public about his faith. And Tina, oh, she was a great man mentor to me because she came alongside him and just supported him. I remember one day when she said to me, we were at the office together and she always had a real high pair of leopard heels on. And she said to me, I said, you know, I don't know how can you work together all day long. And then, you know, you live together. And she said, well, honey, all you need is a good pair of heels during the day and a really cute nighty at night. But they were practical people. They helped us in so many ways. And you need people like that in your life. And that, you know, that advice goes a long way. Keep it clean. We're at church. Um, I totally agreed with Tina. I just want you to know. She... um, and uh, I paid for dinner the next time. No. But you know, when we left Kenwood Baptist, when we moved from Cincinnati to here, my heart was broken. Yeah. I just love those people so much. I, was, I had never felt a pain in my heart as hard it was to leave a good church. And yet we wanted to come. We wanted to be here. But she, she came and she brought me a glass crystal bowl. And she said, you are one of the finest couples. And she was there in that heartbreak and they're with me. And that's the kind of mentors. Those are the kind of people that you want to look and find because you can feel that it's the love of God in them. And so I pray for you that you find those. And maybe you'll even find them here at the church. And we would build those relationships and seek those out. We're going to talk more about that oh, in yeah, just a second. Oh, yeah, the love killers we have but, to get but, to. But we, we, we have identified, okay, what we believe are our three uh, relationship love killers. I call them the CDC, all right? The Centers <laughs> for Disease Control. If you, will, if you will understand, if you'll understand these three, because they'll kill an, a work environment, they'll kill a school environment, they'll kill your uh, relational environment. You want to list them? Well, and they're not in your notes, but so the first one's competition. So this is a bonus. This okay. is bonus. Ding, ding, ding. So on online right now, we would charge you an extra 25 bucks, okay? <laughs> So competition, disrespect, and control. You know, it says in Luke 6, 37, do not judge or you will be judged. Do not condemn or you will be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. And I think that's really the hope in this. But the moment you start competing with one another, you're just going to kill the love. And I think to respect to show someone respect. It's an attitude. Again, it's an atmosphere. It's how you honor what they're good at. Like he's a better driver. Uh, you honor the things that they are good at. He's better she, at so many things. She's better at cooking. You don't want to eat my food. Oh. Yeah. So you honor, you honor the things. It's okay to be different, fact. right? We all have weaknesses. We already told you, avoid comparisons. Right? Know who you are. The, the reason this is important, competition, let me tell you what happens. If you start competing with your spouse, or you start competing with the other people in your workspace, you'll start playing games. You'll start withholding truth so you can win. 
You'll start manipulating the circumstances. And see, that's why that's not good. Disrespect. If you start disrespecting other people, then it creates an atmosphere where disrespect can take place in, in your workplace. And see, then control. If you have a relationship, wherever it's at, where you feel the tension in the home, outside the home, and you feel the pressure, and you are not liking this relationship, ask yourself this question, am I trying to control this relationship? Am I trying to control that other person? Because that's not what God wants. And can you just let it go? Can you just take a week and let it go and see what God will do? See how God will change the situation or your heart? Or maybe you're like, no, I can't let it go. It's wrong and it's serious and I, I, it has to change. Well, give yourself time in prayer. Say, I can't change it today. It needs to change. I can't control it and I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to wait. If you can just wait, God can move. We have to give God time to move. Okay. But control will kill a relationship super fast. If you always have to have your way, it's never going to work. If you're always right. That's not loving, is it? To have to have your way. And, and the reason I believe, can I just say this? I believe the ungodly spirit, the spirit of this world that Scripture talks about, is always trying to create competition between us, a disrespect for others, and, and it has to control you. And what you and I want to be controlled by is the Holy Spirit. We say, Lord, lead me by your spirit. May I not be led by any other spirit. Okay? All right, we're going to move on. We want to live an extra margin life. Now, how do you live with extra margin? Because that's the only way you can overflow. All right? And, and I love this because it's from the 23rd Psalm. Mm -hmm. You'll recognize it immediately. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And we're not talking about your family. You anoint my head with oil. Or maybe. <laughs> it's possible. My cup overflows. Say overflows. Overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, once again, the scriptures brought us back to the, to the concept that God is the provider of all that we need. I, I looked up some, uh, some great Bible studies on this, and I don't have time to cover it for you. But all, the, all the, the biblical theologians agree that this passage is saying that God is your source. He's going to give all that you need. And God promises to give you more than enough. That's abundance. So that you can flow into the world around you because it points people in God's direction. So the only way you can have an overflowing life is, number one, if rest is part of your routine, if you rest daily and you rest weekly. Now, we could stretch that out and talk about, you know, monthly and quarterly rest that you need to have. But Well, but we you had need a funky schedule always because we were here Saturday and Sunday. And you may have a second uh, shift schedule or a third shift schedule. And you might have to work even harder at this if you're not off uh, every weekend or on a routine. But we had to work harder at this one. And it took us a while. <laughs> well, we always believed if I was asking you to volunteer, you were going to work a 40 hour week, 50 hour week. And then I said, Hey, I need you to pray about leading a small group. 
And I looked at my schedule and said, well, I can't just work one day a week. People will always tell the pastors that joke. Just know uh-huh. we're offended. <laughs> All right? Because uh, we, we work a lot for the kingdom of God. Now, we're not complaining about that. But we and know we you think work about a lot. you 24-7. We know you work a lot. Does that make sense? But we had to learn how to rest. And because we work Saturday and Sunday, you have to figure out how you're going to make that happen. So years ago, we learned to, uh, that when the boys were little, Friday, was, Friday our was our day off, and we call it Daddy Day in the early mm-hmm. years because the boys, you know, they didn't have school yet. And then the great joy of my life came when they were in high school and we realized that Friday morning was our date time and we would go on a date every Friday. Now see, what is, what is, your, what is your rest routine? Do you have a pattern, a rhythm? We have more resources for you at doylejackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, we have a great free resource we want to share with our friends. It is a copy of your great message, Great Hope, The Cross. This is going to be a PDF digital download. If they go to DoyleJackson.com, give us their email, it'll be sent to them. What is the value of having that message on uh, PDF as well as hearing it through the radio? Well, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, number one, we learn things best when we get to see them, when we get to hear them, and somehow when we get to be kinetically involved with them, we get our hands involved. And and that's what we want our our friends to do because you're partnering with us. You're listening and and we want to give this to you. And then I'm praying that you'll pray this prayer out loud. That's part of this lesson. Uh, we go through in this lesson the the eight things that Christ provided on the cross. He provided forgiveness. He provided healing. He provided righteousness. I'm not going to give you all eight right now. Right. You got to go right. and get it because if you begin to pray that aloud over your life, it'll transform the way you think about Jesus and the way you think about yourself, because it transforms us to confess that aloud. We're beginning to engage with what God is is doing when we start to, yep. to it's just like when you hear somebody quote a scripture and yep. you're like, well, I want to look it up. You're engaging even more. This is a chance to engage even more with the cross. So go to DoyleJackson.com, put in your email, you'll get this PDF. We believe it's going to bless your life. Let's continue with your next step. Then second, you have to relax. What recharges you? And and back then I learned that what recharged Jennifer was for me to sit across the table with her and just listen. Love it. And 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 I have a lot to say. Like it took uh, a long time. She can talk, (laughs) people. We had a rule. So we would go to breakfast and I made the rule. So... Girls, you can make some rules. So I made the rule, and the rule was we get to stay as long as I want, and I get to say whatever I want. So we were in public, so that way we didn't scream and yell at each other. But I could, I, we could stay as long as I want, and I could say yeah. as much as I wanted until I was done. And so sometimes we would literally bless his heart, bless his heart, sit there three hours. But I looked forward to that, and I needed that, and I didn't have anyone else I could share those things with. And I maybe hadn't seen him because we were so busy all week, and that was 
a life sa- that was a marriage saver. That was a lifesaver. And so, anyhow, make a safe place for one another until they've been able to say every last thing on your on their heart. It's very important. You know, you don't. Do you ever feel bad when you're hungry? No, you don't think you're a bad person because you're hungry. Well, if you get tired, you need rest. And if you're depleted, you need recharged. And so you've got you've to schedule that, that rest and that relax. So you've got to know what recharges you. And sometimes you just need to watch a funny movie. That's okay. That's right. Sometimes you just need to read a book. Sometimes you just need to sit in the sunshine. Sometimes you just need to go out and pull the weeds in your garden. And, and, and sometimes you need... And then last, you've got to receive restoration. Receive restoration. And you and know that God is the one that restores the soul. God is the one. You cannot restore your own soul. Drinking another quart of whiskey will not restore your soul. You will receive a spirit. The spirit of whiskey or whatever that is. You know, it's why they call it spirits. But if you will go to the Lord and say, Lord, what I need is you to restore my soul. Now... Well- and if you, something needs to be restored and you can't seem to fix this relationship, there maybe you need to apologize. <laughs> I've, I've talked to so many people, they're like, well, I said I was sorry. I'm like, well, did you send flowers? No. Did you, do a, did you send chocolate? No. Did you, did you write a card? No. Okay, well, you haven't apologized yet. <laughs> and so there's really an apology plus an action. And what is that? So to restore the harmony, to restore the community in your home, what is the apology and what? Humble yourself and do it quick, 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 quick. And then is there an action behind my words? Restoration, if I were going to say to you guys, we're going to restore a car, you know what that means, right? A lot of time. We're going to, we're, it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. We're going to deal with the bad spots. We're going to address them. And, and see, what a lot of people want to do is gloss over them. They just want to put some Bondo on there and throw a coat of paint. And what's going to happen? It's going to pop off. It's going to fall apart. And you're going to have a wreck. And, you know, we break trust with one another. I mean, on a small basis and on a large scale sometimes. And so you want to rebuild that trust. It might take some time. We... I've always taught this principle that you need to have a Paul, a Timothy, and Barnabas in your life. And the reason you need them, you need to have a mentor. That's your Paul. You need to have a Barnabas. That's a friend, someone you do life with, someone you talk to, someone that's a peer, someone you laugh with, but someone also knows who you are and can challenge you a little bit and say, man, quit being a weenie, those kind of things, all right? That's what your, your Barnabas And then you have to have a Timothy, a younger brother in the Lord for guys, okay? Someone that you're discipling, someone you're challenging, someone you're working with. And the reason is this. If you have them developed in your life, if you have a consistent relationship with those kind of people, this is what they'll do. they say, man, you seem a little off. Mm-hmm. Now that you can lie to them, no, I'm fine. <laughs> they'll say, no, I know you better than that. And see, that's why we, we talk about being in a small group. You've and gotta and be pray together, a, even if you're not this, on the same level spiritually. Be willing, just pray together. When you're on your knees, you are on the same level. 
Begin to pray together. Husbands, wives, friends, hold hands, pray together. That's what we do. Christians pray and we pray together. We can't pray by ourselves all the time. And if you don't know how to pray, if when we say that, the moment you, you hear us say those words, you're like, oh, I feel so ashamed. Just tell God I can't what's on pray. your heart. I don't know how to pray. Just tell that to go, number one, because that's not the Holy Spirit and that's not the Lord. Number two, begin to listen to some other people's prayers. We've been through a time of testing as a nation, as a world. And if we don't hold hands and pray together, what have we been doing all year? We, we're not, we don't know what other tests are ahead of us. But yeah. God is testing our hearts. I mean, some of us have been together 24-7. But be willing to pray together. And I want to say something because I mentioned small groups. I want to tell you, the last two weeks, we've seen the, the attendance of small groups to rise again. And I want you to know I'm proud of you. Yay, You're yay. getting together. Some of you are Zooming. I get that. But let me tell you, if you've never been in a small group, you need to pray about it. We need because each other. Small groups is what's changed my life because I did life with people. Find those mentors, find those friends, and begin to disciple other people to change your life. Okay, but we are coming into the airport, all right? We are landing the plane. We're circling. And we want you to know that the, the last principle to have an overflowing life is to choose to live generously. Mm-hmm. What, what, what we mean by this is you have to make the love choice to give love away. Mm-hmm. It's not an emotional thing. It's just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it every day. And one of the things that we, the best, one of the best ways you can love people is to listen to them. We've said that love is to listen, but ask them these two questions. You can give them the What question? do you need? What do you want, really? And you wait, and you pause, and you actually pull it, pull it out of them. What do you need? What do you want? And then when they, and then you have to wait because they may not know that answer right away. And you have to listen, and you have to prod them a little bit, pull it out, and then see if you can love them in that way. What do you need and what do you want? Now, the reason those are important. How do you feel? You need that in your home. You need that in school. You need that at work. See, when someone comes to you, if you're their boss, and, and they're rah, 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 How can I help you? What do you, you need? You've got to stop and, and you've got to think of this, okay? My boys taught me this. They come to me and they would growl. I raised lions. I raised men. <laughs> Little lion and, cubs. And I, my, first, my first response was, how dare you disrespect me? And then one day I got a clue that the reason they were roaring is they needed me to hear them. Pay attention. They, they, they're like, Dad, this is important to me. And I'd say, okay, tell it to me. Let me hear it again. And the reason, if someone's voice level goes up, they want to be heard. It does not necessarily meaning they're trying to start a war. It means that there's a wound, there's a pain, there's a message that needs to be heard. And if you start shouting at them, I'm your boss, I'm your daddy, I'm your mama, don't disrespect me. Once you get into that, it's over. You you now are saying, I'm more important than you, and you're not de-escalating the moment. But if if you have these two questions in mind, well, tell me, what is it you need and what is it you want? You understand? See, that's, that's wait, a key to parenting, In that moment, you're like, they're yelling at you and you're thinking, but I need this, this, and this. You may have to hold back on yours for the moment yeah. 
till the next conversation because now we've got to hear whoever shouted first so that we can respond to their need. They're trying to get us to shut up. They're turning down the lights. <laughs> okay. Well, let's stand up and pray. Come on. Just a second. Just a second. I, you've got to hear these verses. Second Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. See, the key, the key is this. If you want love, you have to sow love. If you want corn, you plant corn. If you only plant one right. kernel of corn, you may not get corn. The second one is, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, will be measured to you. So if this week you look for 10 people to tell, <laughs> I love you, okay? And that does not mean to tell your spouse, I love you 10 times. No, you could do that too. You can do that, but you still need to reach nine other. Because see, if you'll do that, you'll be planting love, okay? And, and it'll change our world. You've been listening to Brave Love Overflow here on Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, you and Jennifer brought a great message to us. Yeah, we, I, Jennifer and I always like teaching together because we, in our world, I don't know, we've, we've dealt with so much feminism for so long. Mm -hmm. There are people that are so hurt, yeah. okay, that they don't want to listen to a man at all. And, and they're there's a need for them to hear the truth of God's word. And that's why it really helps that Jennifer is willing to teach and likes to teach and does that alongside me. And so today I think that's good if, if people will listen, because this is something we've walked out. We've been married for over 32 years now. And, and so we understand what, some yeah. of the actual difficulties of marriage can be in the busy world in which we live. And you can do great, but you need God's help. Yeah. And we're so glad that uh, that you brought that message to us, but we want to share it with other people as well. We want as many people as possible to hear these words. Well, you know, for my life, I, I've always had certain people I listen to that taught the Bible. and It's really helped me. And, and we want to do that for other people, for a new generation. We want to make sure that the Word of God is front and center. And so that's why you can listen here on the radio or our podcast, if you're listening to it that way, share the program and share the podcast. You can go check out A Year in the Bible with, with Pastor Doyle Jackson. That's another podcast we're doing. We want to help you simply for women is Jennifer's uh, yeah. radio program and podcast. We believe that this generation needs encouragement in the Word of God. They can do it. And, and they're going to get it best if you just go invite them. I mean, there's lots of ways, you know, we can advertise, we can send out flyers, we can have a plane in the sky with a banner, but nothing is as effective as you saying to your family, your friends, hey, this episode blessed me, why don't you give it a That's listen? Right. So we really hope that you will share our podcast and our radio show with your friends and family, and we hope you will come back because we're going to have more for you on your next step. Your Next Step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit doylejackson.com and click Give. That's doylejackson.com. You can also send a check to The Church Next Door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 
F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.